to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Yes, Roaring Weekend, just on the backside of it. (laughs) Yes. Well, we are back with another episode of Wake the Bear Radio, and uh, just glad you can join uh, tell a friend if you got a minute and uh, hit like, subscribe. We'd appreciate that. We're, uh, we are on Rumble, Facebook, Twitter, and I think that's all we have right now. We got kicked off of YouTube and, you know, all the others. So, yeah. Yeah. When you're kicked off, it's a badge of honor. It's showing that you're over the target. Yeah. That's to, right. Uh, if you're going to speak the truth, you're going to offend people. I think Thomas Paine said that. If he who seeks to not offend cannot speak truth. So, mm-hmm. And you know we're in the we're in the likes of other people who've been censored and and squashed like uh, Tucker Carlson, um, you know Jesus was squashed and and silenced. Uh, the disciples were silenced. They didn't want them speaking the truth. So we're all about the kingdom of God here. We want to see God's kingdom extended forward. And we know that um, if people really want to understand what's going on in California right now, what's going on in our nation, um, really the answer is Jesus. Having the spiritual discernment that comes from a relationship with Jesus, that opens your eyes to the truth. So we want to encourage people. That's that's our, our, our primary message. We talk about, you know, when we get when I get up there and preach a sermon, I spend, you know, 90% of the time talking about the Bible, about 10% of the time talking about the problems. When I get on the radio show here, I talk, you know, you know, probably 90% about the problems, but we de- definitely talk about the main the main solution, which is Jesus. So, so we give that time as well. So. That is so good, Brandon. And Wake the Bear Radio is, we are trying to wake up a very blue state and then extend it throughout the nation. We are nationally um, listened to through social media and our various platforms, but we know if we can wake up people in California, we could wake up anybody. And so our goal is to help stir up that waking bear and say, you know, we are the solution to the problems in front of us, along with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's a a good day to be talking about uh, freedom. You know, the Bible says for those whom the son has set free is free indeed. And we are speaking to you tonight on Emancipation Day, Juneteenth, right? That's right. uh, You know, we came off... um, Father's Day yesterday. That was a great day. Let's talk about those two things right now. Father's Day. How was I, mean, I got my shirt on that my daughter Ooh. gave me. Like it. Top dad. Yeah. Yes. Top dad. Yeah. There's a gun and a dad. You're top gun and top dad. Wow. <laughs> that is that is such a, a neat shirt. How did you spend uh, Father's Day, Brandon? Oh, I, you know, I spent it with my wife and daughter. We just we usually just do something fun. We took the dog to the beach and went for a walk. It was pretty windy. And then we went and got a big old tri-tip and came home and cooked it. And um, I started off my morning at the gun club, though, with a bunch of guys out there shooting and, and just uh, just being brothers together, a bunch of other dads wishing each other Happy Father's Day. So it was a really good, fun day overall. I got to do a lot of things I love to do. Well, I like the fact that uh, someone else bought you that shirt. That means more, much more than if you bought it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ron? How did you celebrate Father's Day? Oh, you know, we went down and visited some family, uh, a niece of ours. We hadn't seen her third child. Um, and so her husband was working and had to work. Um, so we drove down to L.A. It's about a six hour drive and we spent the day and then the next day we came back. So it was kind of a quick one, but it was good. And today, uh, as Brandon mentioned, it was windy yesterday. It was also windy today. And I went out, had a free pass to do some uh, kite surfing. So did that and, um, yeah, all cleaned up and ready to go. Oh my goodness. What, I mean, you go out in some crazy weather and when you say the winds up and we have had a high pressure system, come down from the Pacific Northwest that is very unusual. There was a, a warning for campers in Washington state that said it was going to get down to 20 degrees wow. there in the wow. next few nights in, uh, in the mountains and in the, the lower elevations also. And, and we have seen this unusual 
wind that has been blowing and it just cracks me up out. You don't go out when it's quiet. You go out when it it's pouring rain and the wind is blowing and it's hurricane like conditions. I love it. It just feels good. Ron rides the storm. He's a storm rider. You are going to have to show one of your GoPro uh, videos on wake the bear one of these days because it they are awesome well yeah one of these days i'll do it hopefully it's not like showing your grandkids in a in a wallet hey you got to see all my grandkids you know you see that on tv and they're like yeah 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 no we love it that's pretty i mean i saw that one you showed us that you made that was almost an ad quality of video that you made yeah uh, that was pretty awesome you should you definitely show us that sometime one of these days we'll keep that We'll, we'll keep it for a slow day. And I'll, I'll have to say, it's not not too slow. I mean, lately, it's, everything's been picking up. Uh, you know, the intensity uh, has been definitely picking up. The, the political climate, it's uh, warming up. It's, it's, it's actually hot. You know, and I, I think there's a bunch of things that have happened in the last week uh, just to show that it is red hot. You know, one of those things was the indictment, you know, that President Trump got indicted. And that is not a surprise. Um, you know, we get a lot of our information from people like X22 or, or programs, I should say, like X22 and, and we know, and, and it was no surprise with them. You know, they, they're expecting things could even get worse. He could actually be, you know, in jail, but it was, it's part of a plan. And, you know, there's a lot of people that panic like, oh, oh no, did they actually get something on them? You know? And, uh, no, if they had something they would have already used it. They would have already got him on something, but they keep trying over and over to the point where the general public's not even paying attention anymore. It's like not very many people are like, yeah, it's, you know, it's the indictment of the month, you know, like flavor of the month. And so it's not making the impact that they want to, you know, and, and they know they can't build it up too much. Like we got them this time because they know how stupid that they will look. And they're not confident in what they have anymore because they would have had it if they had it. Yeah. Well, I, I do think that they are strategically trying to figure out how to get Donald Trump out of the presidential uh, race, obviously, because he he is so high in his polls. He is polling way above Biden. He's polling, polling above all the other GOP candidates right now. And uh, I, I saw last week, um, right after he was indicted, he actually got $4 million um, that day into his campaign fund from volunteers. So those uh, those activities that uh, those that would like to see him step down or put pressure on him, uh, they're not working. It's not the strategy that's seeming to drive him out. He is a fighter. Mm-hmm. He is a uh, yeah. warrior, and he is he is so smart. Uh, I know the judge. Um, the judge in the Florida case. The it's the it must be the 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 um, the files uh, case ordered him not to be able to share any evidence, and all the co-defendants. And their attorneys can't disclose any information at all about the um, the information that's in in the files that they took, and they they have uh, a gag order on them at this time. And so the the judge blocked President Trump from disclosing any information related to the Mar-a-Lago document case. And so it just feels like Trump is getting lawfare on him from every direction. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know if it's something that's critical or something that's not. You know, they say that even if it were something to do with the military, you could have said, I'm having lunch with so and so at this place. And that will be a classified or can be a classified document and it will have a number and all those things. So you really have no idea what they're, you know, so they they keep them quiet. Yeah. Definitely a lawfare uh, practice. Yeah. I mean, Um, the the reality is the president has. Is the commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces? He's the commander in chief over the all of the the programs and bureaucracy. I mean, the CIA, all of those documents he has access to as a commander in chief. That he has uh, freedom to uh, declassify what he wants. Now, Pompeo asked him not to declassify a bunch of the documents about the assassination of JFK, and so he didn't. And it's interesting now how even Pompeo's turned on him now. Um, oh, he has information that will put our military men at risk. 
blah, 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 blah. And then you got Bark attacking him. It's just, it's just a matter that they don't want certain documents being seen by the American public because those documents threaten their control because it's secrecy. Secrecy is how they keep their control over the American people. And so, and I think it was you, Chris, that mentioned Tucker Carlson was saying, you know, there's thousands and thousands of documents that the American people aren't allowed to see. And it's like, well, who's in charge of whether they can be seen or not? And I think, you know, I, I'm actually, I think, you know, one of the reasons they put a gag order on him is that a lot of those documents could be the ones that are all about the, uh, the truth about what happened to J JFK or, uh, what happened in 9-11 and a bunch of the those documents are that would uncover and expose the evil um, plans of the deep state. And so they do not from top to bottom. Anybody who's associated with the deep state does not want those documents out. And and they do not want Trump back in, you know, back. In, this is a full on election interference. They do not want him back in, in office because he has control of those those documents. Yeah, Bill Barr's been talking and he's been kind of showing the hand. And of course, we, we're not really sure if he's a black hat or a white hat, but, but it feels like he is not supporting President Trump. But he said that President Trump will be indicted this summer in connection to January 6th. And to me, that, that's different than a document or a process case. That's not the federal, um, you took the wrong documents. Um, from the from the White House when you left, or um, what's going on in Georgia, or even what's going on in New York, those things I think are very minor. But I believe that when this January sixth case comes out, first of all, it'll be tried and it'll come out as an indictment in Washington D.C., which we know that is enemy territory, unfortunate. I hate to say that, but the truth is that those uh, that the swamp is in that region and uh, it's probably going to be a serious crime that's brought up, whether um, how how it's trumped up, no pun intended. You know, it'll be interesting to, to see, but it'll be a, a crime of treason or um, even seditious, seditious conspiracy, which is going to have some serious um implications to it. So we might actually see him um, put in jail for a period of time. And if that happens, you know that there's going to be uh, some pushback from his um, his supporters. Yeah, I, I like to yeah. you know, show this clip right here. This act, listen to the language he uses. This is this is the day he was indicted and then he gave a speech right after. This is what he says. And, and it, it's really very telling. Don't forget this persecution is being done by the same weaponized agencies that for seven years have been running illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people. Much you hear that? Illegal psychological campaigns, warfare campaigns against the American people. These same agencies that are persecuting him are the same ones that have been persecuting the American people. That. That language is like it sounds very Q language to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there is a war going on, and he's he's acknowledging it's a psychological war as well. And uh, yeah, definitely. You know, he's a fighter. I've been reading. Uh, you know, I got one of those Audible accounts and uh, was doing uh, Art of the Deal. I thought I might as well get to know this Donald Trump person, right? Uh, I feel like I know him, but I've only known him from the elevator down and didn't really pay much attention. And, and uh, he is a fighter. He's I mean, he's from the roughest parts of, of New York, you know, he's, he's the Queens and all that stuff. And uh, his father was a major builder. I mean, it seems like from the book, at least like half the homes built around New York City were built by his dad. And, and then him, he did the higher end stuff. And uh, but, you know, they had people that, uh, or his dad ran things where they'd collect rent, you know, that didn't want to pay. And, and just the various people he worked with. I mean, he, he had to deal with city officials, you know, mobsters, like, you know, don't want to tick these guys off. And they would explode and get upset in the way he'd have to work and defuse people. And, you know, he'd have to get to know people. But he, and then people would say, oh, you know, don't worry about the small stuff. Just give it to him. And he's like, no, that's wrong. And he would, he would go even to the, uh, you know, how much it costs for like the, the, the cleaning materials 
you know, in, in cleaning up a job and stuff. And he would, he would, he would, um, you know, he would go with every aspect. He wouldn't just take the big stuff and, you know, forget the small. And I say that just because he is a person of detail. He actually is quite brilliant. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize how much until I got to learn about him in his mid twenties and, you know, when he was striking deals, starting to, and then how he'd play his cards, like, well, and he was thinking always several levels ahead, you know, if I do this and that's what he would do, even, uh, you know, picking a property, he would say, you know, is it the middle of the town? Is the transportation, you know, what's the taxes over here? What neighborhood is this? You know, what people are involved in this? You know, do we have any new legislature coming out? He thought about so many different levels before he'd even do something. And, and that's what I see right now. You know, I think this thing with the indictment thing, I don't know if Barr is a black hat or white hat at this point, but, you know, someone has to introduce, someone has to lead down a certain way. Did they, they perhaps want this to be, hey, we got to get him behind bars because if we can, people will absolutely be like, this is a dictator because dictators, what they, their opposition, they always throw them in jail, right? I mean, that's, that's standard, uh, you know, Banana Republic 101. Right. And so this is what he's, they're, they're almost leading them down that path. And, and so, and, and not only that, then if the military does come in, as a Q operation has always said, the military is the only way. It is too far gone. And we see that. Well, you can't blame him. You can't say, look what he did. He took over with the military. So, well, he's behind bars. I mean, what can, you know, what's, what can he do? So there's there's a whole bunch of different things that could play out. And some of that sounds kind of maybe far-fetched. But then again, what we're seeing today was far-fetched just a, a year or two ago. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Now he's what? 77. He turned 77 last week. Mm. On, uh, was it on Flag Day? Flag Day, June 14th. That is so, that is so epic. But how do each of you feel about um, a candidate that's 77, especially looking at the current um, the current gentleman in the in the White House, the Manchurian candidate in the White House. Yes, <laughs> you have yeah, concerns I, about Trump's age. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Trump is now 77. How old is Biden? Is he 70? It's about the same age, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like but, looks, you know, like, he looks 10 years older no matter what. So, <laughs> well, I mean, he's falling down, tripping over himself. He can't complete sentences. I mean, this is things that, you know, it's it's OK to, to have Biden as your grandpa or whatever, you know, but not to have him as the leader of the free free world. Right. He's not he's not qualified. So. I think it comes down to uh, person by person. I'm not a thrill. I'm not thrilled about people that old to serve. But at the same time somebody that God has chosen, which I believe it was clearly said many times in, in prophecy, you have a whole country praying, well, a, a good portion of the country praying for presidents that probably never prayed for one in the past, like they do this one, that I think he's under a special anointing, you know, even like Moses, right? I don't think Moses was anything really special, but I think God was so involved with him that, you know, I said his eyes didn't even dim at, at 120, right. you know. And so there were things that were about him that were not your average normal enough to write about it saying, hey, look, it, you know. And so I think I think he's under that same thing. I think there's a special, you know, I wish I, I had it at the tip of my tongue. Um, but, you know, his age, you know, when he actually came into office, there's some really interesting numbers, even with that, how old he was on what day and and those things we may bring it out next week but you know the fact that he's 77 77 is a very interesting yeah. uh, you it's know very interesting yeah Biden's and I, I do not see any lessening um of his resolve i don't see his his work ethics is incredible i just remember almost every night when they'd show that he'd be walking across from um the oval office to the housing where, where he lives, or he'd be walking off of Air Force One, the, the helicopter uh, that would drop him off, and often 10, 11 o'clock at night uh, to where uh, to where he's going to retire, you know, his living quarters at the White House. And his work ethics uh, are phenomenal. I just think he has energy that is 
both supernatural and he yeah. has the character, he has that drive that's internal that uh, we need for a leader. I remember even Winston Churchill during um, World War II as the Germans invaded the Netherlands, you know, the, uh, he was in retirement and they, they called him up and said, we yeah. need you back here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, about the person. It really goes back to who the person is, the character of the person. I, I, you know, I, I don't think that any, any clear thinking individual comes away and thinks, oh, Trump is anything less than a patriot. Like he, anybody who's paying attention and looks at what he says. And if you, I mean, back in the very beginning, when he first started running, they were running all kinds of videos of him saying this and, oh, he's racist and, oh, he said this. And, and it's like, I, I went back and watched every full clip and every one of them was taken out of context. All of the stuff was garbage. So if you actually took the time to actually go back and actually watch the video and how they made it sound like he said something that he didn't say or he meant something that he didn't mean, it, it, you know, you, you come to the conclusion, this guy loves America. Like he loves America. He loves the nation. He loves the flag. He's a patriot. He loves, he's pro-life, most pro-life president we've ever had. I mean, all the things that you would want as a Christian patriot and a president, he has those things. Now, does he have a pass and has he done things perfectly? Of course not. Like if, if, we wait, to, if you wait till someone is perfect before they're used by God, you will be perfectly useless to God any of us, all of us fall short. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm still de very much a Trump supporter. I, I you know, it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more passionate sometimes than others. I sometimes like, Whoa, I don't know. And, you know, he's, he's kind of br brash, but you know what, we need a fighter. We need someone who, and, and, and it's interesting, the more they push him, like you said, the more they've, they've slandered him, the more they, they, the, the, this, this, chess game that's going on where it's been kind of cold war chess it may turn to hot war chess when they put him in, if they put him in prison, that's physical hot war chess now. So I think he's got his entire plan already planned out. I just I think that if they do this, I'll do this. If they do this, I'll do this. And I think he's a genius. Yeah. All to say, though, we do not have permission to sit on our, our derrieres and do nothing. So we oh, all yeah. get into the piece yeah. that uh, God has given us to as far as, as really moving our nation back into a place where we're not moving into such iniquity and such perversion and uh, such demise, giving our, our nation away. And speaking of that, there's kind of been some war drums, haven't there, <laughs> this week? Yeah, there have. There have, definitely have been. Um, I don't know. I, I was thinking of going to Juneteenth first before we get into the serious stuff. Um, that, that could be considered a sort of war drum. It, it's very interesting how that came about. What did you want to say about it, Ron? I, you know, I just was, I, I, um, I did a little more research on it and I have in the past. Cause I'm like, you know, is this a woke thing or, but you know, it, it's something that goes back quite, a, quite a ways. It goes back in the 1890s uh, or um, 1863, you know, uh, president Lincoln had, uh, did the emancipation in, in about two years later, it took about two years for it to, uh, happened in Texas. And a lot of it was, they said that there were actually a lot of remote areas in Texas that even the U S mail wouldn't go to, or, or they do it very infrequently, you know, and, you know, there's speculation that maybe, you know, they want to get one more season of picking and, and farming before they let them know that, but a complete speculation, there's no evidence they say. So it's like, well, why do you say that then? So depending on who you read, what you read, you know, one's trying to plant seeds of division uh, while others are just stating the facts. So uh, the facts are it was difficult to have, you know, no one had the internet, no one had TV. And so, you know, the day he signed it, you wouldn't even know he signed it probably for a number of months, let alone, you know, if it comes up in, in print or something. So anyway, two years later, two and a half years later in uh, 1865, they had in June, June 19th, um, you know, it was finally known in Texas where they celebrated the emancipation and the, the slaves that were there were actually freed at that point because they, they knew everybody knew. And so, you know, I, I celebrate freedom, you know, I mean, uh, there's definitely a dark, you know, this, this, what they call the experiment, you know, the, the United States, 
um, it's not perfect. It says to form a more perfect union mm -hmm. and it's, a, it's growing and it, and it evolves as we evolve. And when I say evolve, it doesn't necessarily mean let's change to something else. It's mm -hmm. let's perfect these, these Principal. amendments, these, these declarations until they have been fully fulfilled. And, yep. you know, it does take time. It takes time. I mean, it's taken a certain amount of time even to recognize it versus having a federal holiday. Things take time and, and people do need to be patient. I think they do at least. You know, I remember seeing a movie called uh, True Figures. It was about three uh, African-American ladies that worked for NASA and they were mathematicians. It's before they had calculators. So they had people. And these ladies were actually quite brilliant. They were humble. They were humble. You know, one lady had to go to another building to go to the bathroom, you know, and, and, and she, but she did her job and she became well-respected to the point where everybody said, this is ridiculous. And, 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 you know, I think it was Kevin Costner was the head of the department. He got a baseball bat and just knocked down this sign saying, yeah. you know, why are we doing this poor person? She had more power in her humility and she had her case made known when pressed, but you know, it wasn't demand my rights, you know, and it, that spirit. And so people do want to do what's right. It takes a little education, but sometimes it does take time and we do need to press, Yes. you know, Martin Luther King Jr. You know, all those Rosa Parks, she pressed. Mm -hmm. She wasn't like, I'm going to set your you know place on fire. I'm going to beat you up until you, you know, give me my respect. It was, it was, um, it was done through the spirit, you know, it, it was done by Christians mostly. And even the early celebrations of Juneteenth were done through the churches. They said there were a lot of picnics and they, you know, churches would do it. And, and it, it, they called it a Jubilee also. And we know from the scriptures that the Jubilee was the, you know, the ending of all debts and it happened in certain cycles. And there was slavery back then, a totally different slavery. That's interesting because a lot of people say, Oh, the Bible supports slavery. So this is a, you know, this is, it's a different kind. So yeah, the slavery they had in the United States started off with what they call man stealing or kidnapping. That's punishable by death right there. So a lot of times people went into slavery, but it was a volunteer thing. Like, you know, um, instead of locking somebody up for 20 years for doing some crime, what they had to do is they had to work the crime off. And the victim actually got their, their you know, paid back for what was taken. And today we don't get that, right? Oh, they stole your car and blew it up. We'll send them to jail for six months. And it's like, well, what about me? You know, do I, you know, I, you can go civil. And so, so people would work off debts. Sometimes people say, Hey, I, I just can't provide for myself. I would rather live in your home as a servant than me being on the streets. So I, I'm choosing. And, and so anyway, you have this option on Jubilee. And, yeah, and so, yeah. well, I, I think the key that about the emancipation proclamation and the delay you know, if you look at things like even the World War II, when um, when Hitler was defeated, it actually took weeks and months before even people in the concentration camps were were released because they didn't know that they had actually the war was over. And then then they and there was even stories where they came out and all the guards had left and they were freed, but they didn't know they were free. And so there's always a time, and I, I think that's it, it's a picture actually of what we we learn when we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is that he frees us from all of our sin, all of our, our debts, all of our, our past, all of our, you know, but it, it takes a while for us to actually come to realization that we've been set free. And we actually sometimes even go back to living in sin again and go back to living ways that we're, who are not, it's not who we are anymore. That's not the status, status quo anymore. And we have to be reminded of that we're free where we've been set free. And so uh, that's what I love about, you know, you know, this particular one, Juneteenth and Emancipation Day, is it it talks about it took time for it. It took time for freedom to be to be, you know, proclaimed and understood. And, you know, and it's it's something we work towards. It's something we work for. And every single one of us should be for the Emancipation Proclamation, yes. Emancipation Day. Every single one of us should be for Ju Juneteenth. It's just a matter of how do we. um not shame each other, but celebrate together a conquest of a freedom for all, you know, if any of us are slaves, then none of us are free is kind of that frame, you know, so let's, let's, let's work together as one common humanity who, you know, to make sure that the kingdom of God comes to every aspect of human experience on the planet. Yeah, that's so good, uh, Brandon. I know it's, what Biden did was he made it a national holiday um, in 2021. 
And what was interesting is that was the year after the summer riots with George Floyd. And uh, un unfortunately, I do believe he did politicize sure. uh, Floyd's death and uh, made it to be a racial problem and that he tied in um, nationalizing uh, Juneteenth along with uh, the recognition of Joy George Floyd. And the truth is that George Floyd's death was a tragedy. As any human being's death is a tragedy, but it was not a racially motivated death. The, the chief prosecutor, when you go back and look at the, the trial, said that George Floyd's case was forced. He was forced to admit that there was no evidence of racial bias. George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. Yeah. And so when you go and you glorify um, someone at, at to make to make it public and then the whole BLM and the Antifa and the riots. I mean, in July 2020, BLM released their 990 IRS filings. They had made over $80 million in money. And if you remember, Candace Owens did a documentary on it. And basically, most of the money was used for transgender um, agenda. It didn't go to the to black uh, lives. It didn't go. I mean, the, the places that were devastated are still devastated. Wow. 200,000 of it went to escorts, strippers, peep shows, phone sex operators and web cam performers. So there was even a perversion aspect of it. Wow. And we know that the, the founders of that organization um, are living very high off the hog in very large multi-million dollar mansions. So um, I'm sorry that, that Biden politicized it, but we should have had it as a national holiday long ago. I don't quite know why it's called Juneteenth. That's kind of a strange name. Instead of Emancipation Day, which really brings to the forefront what we are celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm not sure. I looked in that, and they just said there was a bunch of different names, and that's the one I guess that that rose to the top. You know what? What's really concerning, actually, what I see is I see the very same people that federalized it are the same people that are putting that community back into a different form of slavery. And you've heard probably the term, you know, hey, you're getting onto the Democrat plantation, you know, things like that. And we do know that the Democrats do have a very dark history. I mean, they fought the Jim Crow laws. Um, they fought them or can't remember now which one. But anyway, they, they uh, you know, they didn't they didn't uh, go for the emancipation. Yeah, you know, they voted against those things, against the civil rights, right. um, against women voting. Um, but then what happens is you start, you start to suck them in by giving them benefits to the point where it's like we don't. This is I'm talking as if they're talking. We don't think you're smart enough to actually make it in college, hmm. and so we're going to give you a lower standard. And we'll let you get into college with lower scores. And I understand some of the logic. You know, you have a, a tough neighborhood. But, you know, before they started doing things like that, they were rising up in the ranks. The expectation was, hey, you are just as smart as anybody else. That's right. You just have hard to work. Apply. And the cream does rise to the top. But when you start saying, well, you don't have to go as hard. You know, you're three-fifths of a person is kind of what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And so they started doing, you know, the affirmative actions and things like that to the point where you got a lot of people that just were not qualified. And, and the quality goes down. And I, I don't know. I just see that. I see things like that. I see things like let's just keep throwing money in these areas. I mean, you look at these Democrat-run cities. And a lot of them, I hate to say it, but a lot of them are um, – havens of african-american communities you know but yet i see african-americans flourish in a a more equal society where they're like i don't care if you're white or black you you pay the same and you do the same you you have the same test scores you do it and you get it you know it's, it's the dream special treatment because you are just as smart and just as valuable as everybody else and when you treat somebody like that people tend to raise to they rise up to those expectations absolutely you know, that's the dream. That's the dream, right? I mean, that's the dream. Martin Luther King said that the, we would be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. 
And so that's what he's referring to as a meritocracy where people rise based on their hard work and their, their excellence. And, and when you recognize that all of us, you know, Jesus loves all the little children, red, yellow, black, brown, white, right. We're all precious in his sight. Everyone has the same capacity uh, to, to achieve if you're given the opportunity. So, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the American dream. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream was American. It's the American dream. And so, you know, I, I just see we're, when we try to politicize these things and make them about race and we try to push it, you know, we, you're actually going against the dream of one of the great, you know, great uh, prophets of our day, you know. And I think you know, if you look back and, and the, the black communities were way stronger and healthier, families were stronger and healthier in the 50s and 60s than they than they are today because of all of those, um, you know, pretending like somehow they, you know, they that those communities can't function without a help up, you know, and, 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 and I just, it's just ridiculous. And I, I have lots of black friends and they, their, their mindset is I am powerful. I'm gifted. I, I'm a child of God and I'm going to kick some butt and they do. So. Yeah. yeah. Two, two things I think have brought down the inner city black community. The first is um, uh, abortion. And they, uh, the Planned Parenthood was strategically brought into abortion, into the, the clinics, into the inner city um, to incentivize um, the uh, getting basically eugenics of, of the black race. And so uh, when, when young girls would get pregnant, the second is the degradation of the family by uh, bringing uh, fathers, you know, bringing fathers down and uh, motivating single moms with uh, welfare checks and uh, really undermining this, the stability of a family because the African American community has strong family values at their core roots until they are interrupted uh, by a social, sociologic experiment that uh, really interferes with their uh, their way of doing life. And so I think if you remove those two things, that you would see a return of the, the quality of life in inner city black areas. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm good. Well, we'll just celebrate Juneteenth and be Amen. happy for those. And, uh, but, you know, we've got a lot of other things to worry about, yeah. uh, you know, I other think. battles to worry about. We had, yeah. uh, we, I don't know about you if, you, if you guys have seen all the social media buzz right now, all of the unprecedented military movements or they're just drills during the summer. Right. Yeah. Don't know. I've been seeing them, too. Definitely a rise on it, you know, and a lot of people will speculate. Um, but I saw that a couple of years ago as well, you know helicopters in LA and oh look what's happening you know and it's like I don't want to be I don't want to be one of those Y2K fanatics and only <laughs> to find out you know I just that, that after that happened to me I have always been very cautious now mm -hmm. very cautious to jump on any board because I jumped on that one I said mm -hmm. oh Y2K and then I look back and I'm and it always bothered me it's like how is my toaster not going to work the day after Y2K <laughs> You know, because I mean, how is this going to really affect? And and somehow that hype got people thinking that a chip had to have a date and it had, you know, and that yeah. date, once it turned over, it didn't know what to do. And it's just like, no, it doesn't record a date like that. It's just, you know, I don't well, know. I, well, there's plenty of video, um, old and new, new videos of, un, you know, of large amounts of mil U.S. military equipment, uh, troop movement inside the U.S. borders. Um, so it's not that there's nothing happening. It's just a matter of what does it mean? And, it, you know, like it could mean just a drill. It could mean a drill that's preparing for a, more than a drill. And and then that's what drills are for, right? Just to get you ready for more than a drill. And then you, I think you, something that Chuck Pierce said, uh, what did you, what you were telling us about that, Chris. Yeah, I was watching Gloria Zion on Sunday. And in the middle of the, the Sunday service, Chuck Pierce, who is an apostolic pr prophet, at that particular uh, church, he stopped and you could tell he was just hearing something from the Lord. And he, he just looked up and he said, everyone point your hands to the north because the Lord is saying this. He said to those on our northern border, we set a bloodline and set the fire of God because in the north there is a movement to try to quench 
what would happen in this nation. And then he said, and I say to you in the North, uh, you are being blocked from coming in to dis bringing destruction. And so he was speaking to whatever the evil entity that he was seeing in the spirit that was threatening America's northern border. And so that got my attention, um, <laughs> just that along with some of the postings. And, you know, I don't think we, we really understand the military very well. We've got the National Guards and the National Guards job is to protect us within our states, our city. Um, they are to their riot control. They are um, our local militia that's been appointed for national for, for, for our, our civilian defense within our borders. Mm -hmm. And then you have the reserves. And the reserves are people who were in the military um, and they, uh, they retired, but they stayed in the reserves. They have all the military training and they usually would have be trained for, um, for the most part for foreign wars. And so when they're trained, they're doing uh, they go to bases and they do, you know, is it, are they going to do desert training or forest training or uh, jungle training or water training or um, depending on what the strategy is. Uh, so when we see people in our streets with armored vehicles, um, it's probably our National Guard because they're trying, their job is to protect the cities like when uh, Portland had their federal building basically attacked and burned um, in their capital city. They had to have National Guards come and protect it. Yeah. So I, I guess the best uh, plan of advice, just keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. Just keep an eye on it and, uh, and have both scenarios in your head and have a plan for each scenario. Yeah. So you're not Great. caught off guard like, oh, what do I do? Well, got motto. Like, you be ready well, for everything, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Prepare for everything. And I, and I think that's just a generally good policy. I mean, to always be ready to to give, a, to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, the Bible says. Always be ready to, for, to fight, to, to speak forth truth, to stand up and, 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 and protect your family. Be ready to feed your family. Be, you know, I... I think one of the biggest things you could possibly do is get yourself out of debt. You know, there's so many Americans that are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, I like, I love a lot listening to the Dave Ramsey show and he just talks about, I want you to be a millionaire. And if you just make some good decisions and get yourself out of debt, you're going to, you know, do, be doing well. So get yourself out of debt you know, have some extra food, have, you know, have ways to protect your family and your home. And, you know, and ultimately God is in control, but we, you know, he, he expects us to use the, the blessings that he's given us. Uh, to protect our friends and family. And so that's, that's what I hold fast to is I, I do what I, I do what I can do. I do what Brandon can do as a father and as a husband and, and as a community leader and, and as a pastor and as, you know, in my neighborhood, I'm ready to help my, I'm ready to help my family. And I'm also ready to help a, a bunch of my neighbors. That's, and that's, Good. and that, that if I, I do that and everybody else is doing that, we have a very strong nation who can defend itself against any foreign or domestic threats. Yeah, yeah good. absolutely. And, you know, speaking of that, the threats and war, I mean, you know, we had uh, the Secretary of State, uh, Blinken, he met with China, with yeah. uh, Xi, and he said some things that are concerning, but a total expectation, I was totally expecting it, right? I mean, you know, China has definitely got Joe Biden in it, their back pocket, and uh, he's paid off, and, and so his policies carried out through our Secretary of State um reflect that so yeah. you want to talk on this slide yeah he was in taiwan evidently he didn't get the red carpet treatment like most american diplomats would get so uh, there is no greeting party no high level cpc officials that um greeted him but uh, he did seem to be talking uh, the best <laughs> obviously there's a lot of chatter and the chatter that I heard said there's one of two reasons that she would meet with Blinken. Either um, she's desperate to revive his economy or the Biden administration gave him something that she wanted. And he went to um, present that to uh, Xi. So I don't know if, if 
either of those are true or not, but um, I'm not really happy with the, the statement that came out of this visit and that had to do with Taiwan and basically saying that we do not support Taiwan independence. I mean, it's a complete reversal of what America has been doing with Taiwan, who has been our dear friend and has been holding the line of a democratic um, nation on the uh, in the Asian area so close to China. So it, it really bothered me to hear that um, Blinken blatantly said, we do not support Taiwan independence. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, talking about uh, the most, you know, Top Gun, the most recent Maverick. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this discussion, but there was a moment in the Top Gun Maverick movie where um, Tom Cruise had threw a jacket on, a a leather jacket, and the back of it had the patch that was the war of independence for Taiwan or one of the deciding wars. And China wanted them to take that out, like to block out the patch. And then they ended up not doing that. You know, praise God, not bowing to the CCP because, you know, and then that patch actually shows. So there's definitely a a battle going on here. The CCP wants to control like they do Hong Kong. They want to now take over Taiwan and Taiwan's extremely, you know, it's a it's independent. It's it has it's democratic. It's prosperous. It provides a, a majority of microchips to the world and specifically to the U.S. and other countries, other modern countries. And then to, to have Blinken just go over there and then to make these statements there, it, it really gives like, I think what you said, Chris, is it gives the, uh, it gives CCP the permission to really to, to overthrow Taiwan. And let's listen to Blinken's words real quick here on his own. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. one China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences on Taiwan. So there you go. Um, he's you know he's saying he wants the status quo, but he's saying we do not support the, the you know Taiwan's independence. And I and I think what comes up here is that well, why are we treating Taiwan differently than Ukraine. Why, you know, Ukraine became independent from Russia and, you know, we're, we're all about them, you know, staying independent, but you know, it just, it does, it it seems weird, you know, like we have two totally different policies on these different, you know, very similar situations. Yeah. And very similar. I mean, you know, major uh, communist, um, countries you know you so you have one one is a boogeyman with russia right where russia we we do everything against them right we blow up their pipeline we 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 are just pumping in money and and munitions and stuff to ukraine to fight them and you know you look at what putin's actually doing and it's interesting because you know we did a coup d'etat right 2014 we came in and we changed the, the the president of that country from a more of a pro-communist to a more pro-NATO. And we and we what did we do? We started with riots, and and, and you know the story because we we had uh, interviewed um, what is it, Igor Lapanek, who did the um, Ukraine on fire, uh, you know, and he documented the whole thing. And so we were we were behind that Victoria Nolan and all that. Um, you know, and so we we supported uh, the Azov Battalion and, and all these uh, Nazis that were wanting to to you know keep it at a NATO thing. You know, we know that uh, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries, if not the most corrupt country, at least in the um, in Europe. And yeah. so you you have this relationship, and then you look at China with Taiwan, where Taiwan is more of a democratic. Um, system rather than a communist system. You look at China, who is known for uh, human rights violations galore. And I'm not talking about you know child labor. You know that those, I'm talking about taking people and taking their organs, harvesting people for organs. You know um, things like that. If you have a you know if you're a dissident or just something that uh, opposes that government, you know they 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 abuse you big time. Now Russia. 
I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, Russia has, um, the more I have been studying with Putin's, uh, you know, his speeches and stuff like that, I'm seeing less of a threat with him personally than I do with the CCP. You know, I mean, even Putin just recently is concerned about China himself. And he's saying, I'll give land for free to any citizen in Russia if they do something with the land. We need to have more people living in, in that area towards the east because we're afraid uh, China's going to take it over. I mean, they're just taking and taking and taking. And, uh, and our economies, you know, 80 percent, like you said, the micro uh, chip industry, uh, if it's coming from from Taiwan, well, China is going to move right in. And if they right. take that, I mean, it's just more dominance. They could shut you down. They could they could collapse your economy. Yeah. And well, and also that it's it's strategic. I mean, the location of it is strategic to the waterways there, you know, so that they can then now start to um, squeeze off the waterways, you know, with their military to stop ships, you know, coming and going. Um, so you're stopping commerce. So there's a, there's a lot of things we need to be concerned about there that, uh, you know, I, 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 it's hard to know what what stance to take, we you know, but I, it does feel like um, they kind of threw China a bone here. And it, I, I can see China pushing now further against Taiwan to, to reunify and what reunify under communism, you know, just because we have a, a, a very favorable trade agreement with a communist country like China with all of these horrible you know things that they do i mean it's 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 double standard for sure yeah and if you unpack where the money's gone uh in these two different fronts of um war of the the war drums we have sent 200 billion with a b to protect ukraine we actually sent 325 million weapon package to ukraine this week and we provided depleted uranium tank rounds to Ukraine. Uh, how much have we sent to tai, Taiwan to just help support them against the Chinese um, communist and invasion and, and the, the, the ships that are circling? I mean, they have the monster is breathing down their necks. They are in their waterways right now. A big goose egg. We have sent zero to yeah. Taiwan against the Chinese fascism and, and communists. So I think that's very telling about where we are as far as supporting um, these two nations. Yeah. We'll probably see an escalation uh, speed up now because basically we gave the okay. That's basically what we did. We just said, hey, we're, we don't support... Uh, the independence and we're talking it wasn't something that just happened a couple of years ago this is 1949 they left this ambiguous situation go for 70 years plus i mean it just is crazy and so you know they leave it until it's a convenient time to do something yeah much know? like hong kong wasn't it i mean it's well hong kong was um it was um leased out I think they had a 99 year lease, uh, you know, and they made a deal that after 99 years, and I think it was what 1997 that ran out and uh, England had to give, give it up, you know, and they did peacefully. Um, but this one is just kind of sitting there and, you know, all of a sudden Taiwan makes a name for itself in the, uh, you know, microchip industry. And, and next thing you know, China just wanting to take everything. And uh, so, but you know, no surprises there, right? No, and it's a it's a prosperous nation. You know, it's interesting how what freedom does to people is that freedom creates opportunities and and prospers. And you know, uh, the only reason that China is you know, so prosperous is they just have they have people, human resources to spare. I mean, they could just mistreat their people. They bring in you know capitalism, but it's controlled completely by the CCP. It's fascism. It's it's a you know, it's communism. So it's like, it does, it, you know, tyranny. It doesn't. So the, the only reason they're able to prosper is because they don't care about killing millions, you know, millions of their people. It doesn't, you know, and so we, you know, we've got a big, we got a big issue there. I and mean, uh, the whole trying to get China to become more like America without, you know, actually fighting a war of independence like we did, where we had to actually, you know, become free peoples. Like that's, that's China's China needs people, to fight inside of China for freeing the Chinese people from this totalitarian regime of the CCP. And we need to do everything we can, I believe, 
America does and the other free nations of the world to hold China to account uh, to stop the way they treat mistreat humans. And so. Yeah, I think the only way they're going to get to do that is they've got to shut down the electronics and the surveillance because they're so tight in that nation. Because they got a big smart city nation, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what, what was it? Don't trust China. China asshole. Yeah. And just one celebration today, it was speaking of China, is the Wuhan origins of COVID became declassified today. So uh, it's time for you uh, citizen journalists to go look at uh, the American director of national intelligence intelligence had to by law uh, declassify all the information about uh, where the the pandemic began. And so uh, do your research. I know we've all got some ideas. Uh, even today, there was um, a new report identified that the first um it was patient zero. His name was Ben Hu. And lo and behold, he was working at the Wuhan lab. And he was working right next to the China Academy of Military Medical Services, which is the military uh, branch of their research. And he was doing gain of function. And uh, he mm-hmm. was one of the, the, all three of the patient one, two, and three that they've identified have all been workers at the Wuhan lab. Wow. So they either all went out to lunch at the wet market, uh, you know, department lunch, uh, department luncheon at the, and and ate bat soup, right? Uh, Or it leaked out of the lab. I'm going to take the second one. Yeah, definitely going to take the second. Well, one. and it's so interesting, you know. It's like Elon Musk says, you know, the problem with the conspiracy theorists is so almost so many of these conspiracy theories actually have come in true. And this is one like within the second month, the Epoch Times, you know, um, did a, a, a in depth like an hour and twenty minute special on the origins of the Wuhan lab um, leak, and it was really clear. The evidence is overwhelming that it was it came from the lab. Yeah. And yet still you know, people were being censored, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. They were censoring people who were saying, hey, this probably came from a lab when the evidence was showing that. I mean, even you go back to 61 year old Dr. Lieberman, who was arrested because, you know, he was actually working and China, China, they paid him half a million dollars to set up the lab in Wuhan. And then they paid, you know, the CCP was paying him that. And then he hid his um, he hid uh, his taxes. He hid that money from his taxes because he wanted anybody to know that he was receiving money from the CCP. You know, it it was clear that America had much more to do with the the release of this bioweapon, either accidentally or on purpose. You're right. And anyone with a brain in the first month or two who was actually paying attention could have figured that out. And yet the media silenced everybody, just like they're still silencing people. I mean, I think one of our, one of our accounts still is not working because we said that the some of the, the vaccines are not completely healthy for people. I mean, crazy. Uh, we were right? a little stronger than that. We said they're killing people. <laughs> well, they're <laughs> definitely weren't safe and effective. Doing. Yeah. Well, I think we've got some first information statistics to pro- prove that. So. so, Chris, let me ask you something. When you said that that became known to public, was there a conclusion with that, that it did leak? Or are they just saying it's evidence to support uh, that? They were, uh, they were reporting on a FOIA request release that um, showed who the names of, they, they didn't know who the names of um, patient number one, two, and three that were identified as the very first symptomatic patients of, the, of COVID. And so they were able to get that information. Then they found out where they worked. So um, okay. obviously, what were what the the conclusion has not um, come out. But it, I find it very interesting that um, Anthony Fauci was behind the payroll of the gain of function at the Wuhan lab and um, patient number one was actually getting paid by the NIAID that Anthony Fauci was heading. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just amazing how 
people will will say, you know, they'll kick you off or, or companies will kick you off saying this is false information, you know, when you say the lab leak. And it, it seems so clear now, you know, we're going to be going to um, a class that somebody's bringing on called Faith in uh, Fake News. And I'm just finding, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, one of the things is that a lot of times people call fake news, um, they call it the real thing. They say it's mainstream. It must be true. And I'm just wondering if that's the direction that this is going to go. But I uh, I don't know. I, I, I see that there are so many people I know on Facebook that that take whatever the authorities say is face, you know, face truth. And um, and there are people that write books about this or people that are telling others, hey, this is fake news. You know, alternative media is fake. And it's like this is an example a clear example of a mainstream company that specifically said this is this is disinformation this is not a lab leak and these are multi-billion dollar corporations and how many people have parroted that saying well they said that and i'm going to push that and and so i'm going to persecute people on facebook saying oh hey this is fake news when you say it's a lab leak you know i i just um it seems like well, the now we have the we have the receipts. Yeah, we do. We do. And so what what I would encourage people to do is go, okay, now that you have the receipts, why don't you go back in time a little bit of your own personal experiences, find out when you were censored or you knew someone was censored or you knew somebody that that said, "Hey, you're you're sending disinformation because it wasn't a lab leak." You know, this is all made up by some Q, QAnon or whatever they want to call it, you know, and it's like you could actually go back and say, do you remember when you said that? Well, look, it was right. It was true, you know, and so we, we can't forget those things. We really can't. And, and hopefully that will drive home to people that are, are, are currently doing disinformation by saying, you know, the truth is not true. What are those who call what good, bad and bad, good, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think the key you're, the key point you're making here, Ron, and, and I think this is important, to, to, you know, is that people will immediately dismiss things without actually thinking deeply about a subject. And, you know, you have to you, some people will just dismiss alternative information and just go, oh, well, you know, th th those are alternative information. You're like, no, but a lot of the alternative information is asking deep questions like, OK, Who's getting paid for this? Follow the money. Why are they doing this? What would be and and what people immediately do is they slap on that label conspiracy theorist, you know. And I, we, I've talked about this multiple times, but you know, it's like it, they don't want people to think deeply or ask questions. What they don't want people to do is they don't want them to do journalism. They so they slap they 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 use this big club. And they call, oh, conspiracy theorists. I don't want to go there. And they, they, they hit you over the head with it and makes them feel good that they called you a conspiracy theorist because you believe something they don't believe. And then they have all their own conspiracies. They're just different than yours. And then what it does is it, it stops them from actually thinking deeply about a subject and asking questions, which is exactly what people in power would like to make the masses do, which not ask too many questions. Because questions might lead you to different facts and you know when people say things well what, what is q oh my gosh this is weird thing like you know for me q means question it means question everything question authority you know the things that used to be considered liberal and normal in the 60s question authority that's all here i'm a christian i'm telling you question authority you know you know question the people that tell you what they you know what they want you to believe and they who that you should officially hate and who you shouldn't and and I think, you know, even the name of our show, we were going to call it question the narrative because we're being fed so many different narratives that are proven to be false. Right. So and if you start to do that, you yes, you will bump into some misinformation. There will be error the content to find out what is truly accurate. And that's what Wake the Bear is about is help, helping you guys wake up. Helping California wake up to the narrative. Yeah. So as a recap, we did Juneteenth. Uh, what Juneteenth? We talked about Blinken with uh, China. We talked about Trump being indicted. Um, 
and some of the struggles. This has of, been anyway. The bear radio. Well, we missed talking KSCO about sound of sound of freedom, the watch dial. party, but we'll talk about that next week. And we didn't talk about the smart city nightmare, but we'll do that next week. Keep going. So we'll go next week. We'll go over another minute. Yes, let's talk about that real quick, about Sound of Freedom. That is a uh, a movie that Jim Caviezel's in. It's a story about Tim Ballard, who uh, did a sting operation uh, to, to rescue literally like 150 uh, trafficked children. And uh, an amazing story that's uh, coming out. It's going to be playing the week of 4th of July at theaters across the country. Go see it. It's it's definitely blowing the lid off of the yeah. child trafficking. I would encourage everyone to see it. Bring a friend. Uh, and part of doing that is getting people to know about this. Uh, yeah. Because the, the more people that are aware of this, it, it's all tied together. This whole um, child trafficking, the child sacrifice, you know, adrenochrome. Uh, this is this is the currency of elites. And I know that sounds really weird, but the deeper you go in, you start finding out things like the Pizzagate things that, you know, people wrote those off, but they actually are true. And they yeah. and, and more and more people are exposing and blowing the whistle. So definitely see that. And we will talk about that next week. And if you're not sure what day to go in that week of July 4th was when it's being launched, you come join us on July 6th. We're going to go Thursday, July 6th to two showings. Wake the Bear will be at the 315 showing in uh, in Scotts Valley at the cinemas there. Um, and then we'll also be at the 630 showing. And right now we're in discussion with the Operation Underground Railroad to have some people there to answer questions. So um, it's going to be a great viewing party. So save the date for the Sound of Freedom watch party discussion with the Operation Underground Railroad on Thursday, July 6th. Sounds good. Guess we'll cut it now. All right. All right. See you later. Bye, y'all. Bye.